they're not hiding how much they truly detest religion. To an outside observer, our glorious and benevolent rulers appear to detest all religion. And sure, to a certain degree, that is true. But for those of us paying attention, we can see the religion they bear the greatest animosity towards is the Catholic religion. I know, it sounds like the typical, oh no, but they're coming after us all kind of thing you hear in some quarters. But I want to show you something that you might have seen and taken in isolation might not be all that big of a deal beyond the obvious and unconstitutional government overreach against religion and at least in American protections afforded by the Constitution. Not that those things matter much anymore in the U.S., but still, what I'll show you is much more widespread than that, to the point that I'm wondering where the public resistance to this has gone. Have we become so cowed by the state that we'll go along with anything? Let's get into this. But first, I wanted to thank everyone who has in the past couple of months either clicked that join button or decided to support the channel through Subscribestar, Patreon, or directly in the old-fashioned way. It is truly appreciated, especially in these uncertain times. Everyone who subscribes to this channel is in my prayers, and your support is always humbling. If you'd like to support the channel on a recurring basis, options for that are in the description of this video. Thanks again, and God bless. Our story is really two stories from two different parts of the U.S., California and New York. In our first is the story of the California ban on singing or chanting at church. Singing is pretty much something any group that calls itself Christian does today, to be sure. But chanting? Hmm, I wonder who that covers. Headline from the Sacramento Bee. Houses of worship told to discontinue singing under order from the governor as affliction worsens. Has it really worsened, though? That's a story for another time on another platform. According to this story, Californians still have the freedom to go to a house of worship if they like. But now the act of worship is not prescribed by the benevolent rulers in California's administrative state. The state has banned singing or chanting at church or other places they call houses of worship. Why? Well, to mitigate the affliction, of course. According to the federal technocrats, singing and chanting makes the affliction worse, and the technocrats in California believe the technocrats in D.C. In other words, technocrats who almost certainly don't share our religious convictions are telling us how we can engage in acts of worship. It's pretty rich, but again, we live in times where the rights of God have been completely cast aside, with the state taking the place of God in the lives of most people. Get used to it, folks, because this is here to stay. Perhaps the most insulting thing about this is that when this change was announced, the governor of that state made barely a mention of it at the press conference, focusing instead on the changes to food services and restaurants. Yes, he focused on people's bellies instead of their soul. But this isn't that surprising. He probably knows his state better than I do, and I'd bet that the restaurant associations in California have put up a bigger fight for their rights than the bishops of California have. After all, the most famous of all California bishops said that the secular realm was where the laity should take charge, while the bishops cower when things get tough, while continuing to be involved heavily in secular political programs that enrich the dioceses involved. Take a look sometime at the research Michael Hitchporn has done on the amount of money the bishops make off of federal programming that has little to do with the faith, and is, frankly, sometimes at odds with the common good, and you'll see how absurd that bishop's claim that the secular realm belongs to the laity really is. They don't actually believe it except when the secular realm is too touchy for them to deal with because of political reasons, 
or those times when they actually agree with the chaotic movements going on, but no, they can't support them openly for fear of backlash from the lady. It's all so tiresome, really, but we can't let them go do this with, you know, without being checked. Thankfully, there are members of the lady doing something about this. Not in California, though, at least not to my knowledge, or at least not yet, but elsewhere. Another story you may have heard of. The rights of the church and the faithful have been successfully defended in New York by Christopher Ferrara, a voice you may be familiar with from his numerous talks with people like Mike Church, Michael Matt, Dr. Taylor Marshall, and others. You may not be aware that Ferrara is a lawyer who frequently does high-profile cases related to the faith and the dignity of the human person. The Remnant reported at about the same time that this story from California came out that Ferrara had won a major victory in the courts for the rights of the faithful. In New York, religious gatherings explicitly were limited to 25% of building capacity, while restaurants were given much more leeway to operate relatively freely. While at the same time, the Moloch worshippers-in-chief of New York City and the state were cheerleading the agents of chaos in their activities and openly endorsing it. No chastisements were dished out to those groups, probably because their high-profile activities were in keeping with the agenda of Moloch and the Luciferians in the culture. I mean, after all, there is nothing the enemies of Christ on the supernatural level like more than the spread of sin and division, and the elevation of the material over the spiritual. And when you add in overt attacks against the faith to the mix like we've seen from the agents of chaos, well, that's the perfect storm for the supernatural enemies of Christ. Add in that this promotes the agenda of the Luciferians, and it's little wonder that the secular rulers are permitting and even cheerleading for all this to happen, while continuing to try to suppress the gathering of the faithful. Ferrara's victory in the federal courts had this effect. The court has rectified this blatant, iron-fisted absurdity by striking down all numeric limits on outdoor gatherings, including religious gatherings, and prohibiting the Moloch worshippers from imposing greater occupancy limits on what they call the ho- on what they call houses of worship. To quote the federal judge involved, quote, The First Amendment does not allow our leaders to decide what rights to honor and which to ignore. In law as in life, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. In these troubled times, nothing should unify the American people more than the principle that freedom for me, but not for thee, has no place under our Constitution. End quote. Maybe you didn't hear about that story, though. I'd honestly not be surprised if that was the case because the opinion makers, the propaganda masters of the technocrats, have been pushing a fear campaign on the people to get them to conform to the most patently absurd restrictions in their lives, some of them so stupidly dangerous that the consequences could be disastrous. I've reported in passing on the move to shut down food processing centers and farms due to the affliction, with no thought given to by the technocrats to what happens when the food supply gets strained. Either they haven't thought about it, or they don't care, since their access to resources won't be harmed by this. To give you some insight into the thinking that goes into these kinds of decisions, technocrats typically see a problem as merely data points on a table or a chart with no real human character adding to the equation. And I know this because I was trained to be one of those guys meaning that they believe the solution to problems is to reduce it to numbers, and then you can shift numbers around and solve the problem. It's an inadvertently malevolent way of thinking about society, for society is comprised of families working in concert for the common good. Or so says the social teaching of the church. Compare that to the thinking of technocrats, and you get the picture. We are truly in a time when the city of God and the city of man are in such stark opposition and contrast that it should be easy to see the conflict and to make a good choice. A couple of days ago, I asked you whom you would serve, Christ or the Luciferians. I laid out the Luciferian values and plans for you to see. 
Most people skipped that one, and that's fine, but I do recommend revisiting it. It's worth your time, if only because this story today illustrates that choice. Notice that the church authorities in California are going along with all this nonsense still. Notice how they're buying and regurgitating the official narrative from our technocratic rulers. Those same technocrats whose story and claims about the affliction change all the time. Those same technocrats who were involved in an event detailing how an affliction was coming and describing exactly how it would play out socially a short time before it actually happened. Our shepherds continue to go along with this, and it is up to members of the laity with the skills and gifts and resources to do something about this. Those who can do something should do something. But few, I fear, will. So thank God for men like Christopher Ferrara, who do that hard work and don't make a big deal out of it. Keep him and the others doing that work in your prayers. We need more defenders of the truth in these times of universal deceit. I'm always amazed at how quickly a people who fancies itself to be free goes along with the corrupt dictates of a technocratic elite who clearly do not care for constitutional boundaries, the rule of law, and hold our beliefs in contempt. If there is one freedom that the Church and the founders of America say they agree on, it's this, that the Church should be free to do the work of the Church. But now that freedom is being curtailed with the full assent of the shepherds, with few of them speaking out. That remnant piece ends on a description of the battle before us. That the technocrats and the Moloch worshippers will not give up on this without a fight. They see our myriad and overlapping crises as an opportunity to impose their, shall we say, Novus Ordo Seclorum, on the rest of us. A plan for the new reality, a sort of neo-normalcy, if you will. They're pretty open about this, so it is time for those who can to step up to resist it, because in this new vision, faith in general has no place or is pushed completely to the margins of society. Save for faith in man and the elevation of man to godhood, of course. Let me know what you think about this in the comments, please. And as usual, the sources for the story are on the sources blog at returntotradition.org. A link to that is in the description box of this podcast. And thanks for those of you who are supporting the work of this channel. It is truly appreciated. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.